welcome to the Education Innovators Podcast. I'm Eric Byron, and it's an honor to host this show where we get to hear from talented educators who are willing to share their stories of the incredible things they are doing in learning environments all over the world. Okay, so this episode is going to be a bit of a rant. I don't do this very often, but I wanted to do an episode here that talks about a conversation, actually, I had with a buddy of mine. His name is Fred Chan. I promise I'm going to have Fred on for some discussions. Uh, We get along great, and he inspires me in some interesting ways to view things differently. And we had a conversation recently about the World Economic Forum's Future of Jobs report they put out here in 2023. Uh, Fred has been following this since the very first report, I think, going all the way back to like 2016, I think is when they, they first started issuing the Future of Jobs report. And they've been doing it almost every year since. And really part of the essence of this for me was the speed of change discussion, right? That What's really, really frightening about the report, and I think a lot of educators have looked at it and gone, oh, boy, you know, I had no idea how to deal with this. But we look at when they first issued the report, they were talking a lot about the future of jobs and the requirement of technology and AI and and some of these things that we just didn't know how to teach and we didn't know how to, you know, integrate some of this stuff into the curriculum. But now you look at it and – you know, it's only a few years in the scheme of things. It, it seems like a blink of an eye for somebody my age, certainly, that the, the change in the forecast, if you will, for the kinds of jobs, the kind of skills that employers are looking for is radically different than when I was a young man looking at careers. Uh, even my kids uh, who are now adults, you know, just a few years ago, it seems like 10 years ago when they were in school and looking at possible, you know, jobs and careers, uh, the kinds of jobs that exist now didn't exist 10 years ago. Uh, I, it's hard to even fathom what the job market is going to be like in 10 years. So anyway, for educators though, and what I want to talk about today is the implications on education and curriculum and degree programs, uh, and how do we address this speed of change, that things are moving so, so fast. So let's jump in and talk a little bit about um, the skills that the uh, World Economic Forum uh, had in their report, which is just called the, the Future of Jobs. And they had 26 core skills, and what's really, really fascinating is the top six, if you will. Okay, and I'm just going to read them for you. The right, so the top five. Analytic thinking, creative thinking, resilience, flexibility, and agility. They have that as one. Motivation and self-awareness. And then curiosity and lifelong learning. That's the top five. Okay, one more time. Analytic thinking, creative thinking, resilience, flexibility, and agility. Motivation and self-awareness, curiosity, and lifelong learning. Okay, we didn't hit a tech one until a technology core skill until number six. Okay, so this is kind of crazy, right? We look at the you know, analytic thinking, creative thinking. These are the things that employers have at the top of their list as skills that are required. Yet in education, 
these are not the primary focus, right? We still, there's people who will disagree with me on this, I'm, I'm sure, but from what I saw certainly with my kids coming up through schools just a few years ago um, and some of my own experience in classrooms recently, guest lecturing university, there's still quite a focus on uh, knowledge and content as opposed to analytical thinking, uh, creative thinking, uh, these kind of skills. Um, and there's other stuff on that list that's, you know, curiosity and grit. Uh, these are, there's are wonderful things. I absolutely agree as an employer, right? Having hired hundreds of engineers over, you know, the span of my career in technology that you do, you, you look for these things in an employee, but we, how do we measure them? How do we incorporate these and assess them in curriculum in schools? And do schools even want to do this, right? Do they care? You know, that's, well, I'm going to get more into that as I get on my soapbox in this episode. So uh, I also want to mention, right, that the hottest job um, in their classification too, right? So they, they had the skills thing, but then they also talk about the hottest jobs, right, in the current market and what they project over the next five years. And um, AI and big data are in that list, right? They're at the top of the list of um, job classifications. Um, but those skills only made the list at like number 15 out of 26. So employers feel like this is my assessment of that, right? They can teach those skills. You can gain. It's much, much easier to teach technical skills. And the expectation is because of the pace of change that I have to do that, right? My expectation is that any employee coming in, no matter what they know today, they're going to have to learn new technology as we go forward. And if that's AI and big data, then that's what we'll learn, you know, through the process of need and, and working with these things and because the technology changes so fast um, I don't really care whether you know it today or what you know today it's your ability to learn what you need to know tomorrow right um, and that's where analytical thinking creative thinking resilience flexibility and agility right motivation self-awareness curiosity lifelong learning that's why they're at the top right because the technology is changing so fast that we need these other core skills in order to deal with that pace of change. Here's my challenge to educators, those listening to this. Are we as educators demonstrating those same skills in trying to deal with the pace of change, right? Are we fearless? Are we going at this with motivation, self-awareness, with resilience and flexibility, agility, or is education's rate of change moving much, much, much slower? And why? Why do we have so much trouble keeping up with the pace of change? And and I will challenge the whole community here, right, to admit that we pretty much haven't kept up. <laughs> Schools and curriculum uh, are still operating. Well, not everywhere, and this is why I do the show, right? I'm trying to highlight the places where we are changing and trying things and experimenting and exhibiting creative thinking uh, and analytical thinking in the way we approach uh, curriculum and learning science. Okay. I also want to point out, this was a, a quote from the report. They actually had it in two places in there. I don't want to make too, too big a deal of this, except that they put it in twice. So, uh, and I'm just going to read this quote. Well, respondents judged no skills to be a net decline 
sizable minorities of companies judge reading, writing, and mathematics, global citizenship, sensory processing ability, and manual dexterity, endurance, and precision to be declining importance for their workers, right? So reading, writing, and mathematics made that list of declining importance for workers, okay? So again, I think this highlights some of the disconnect between the the focus here in education versus employability. What do I care about, right? A personal experience, right? The evolution of my life in terms of writing for work, right? I remember a time when I was praised for the emails I used to craft. When I had to send out a communication, I took the time to really, you know, set it up and structure it and, you know, bullet points and think about all the things that, you know, people would need to know. And I sent out these really, you know, well-written emails and people praised my emails. Later in my career, the same kind of emails, I got feedback saying, stop sending emails like this. I'm not going to read your emails. They're too long. Just, we don't want to read. Okay. Couple of bullets done. That's, that's it. You send me paragraphs. I'm not going to read it. People don't want to read. Which means, what's the point of writing, I guess? Now, obviously, I'm exaggerating the overall impact of this, um, but the report is saying it. They're saying it. Reading, writing, and mathematics are of declining importance for workers. Now, this is a minority of you know companies, but it's enough to make the radar for the World Economic Forum's report. And say, and they put it in two places. So they're they're trying to make a point here. And of course, the you know, implications of chat GPT now and saying, you know, I don't really need to write elaborate stuff. Uh, I just need, you know, some concepts. I need to do the critical thinking, right? The creative thinking, but the writing, I could give that to chat GPT and it can write some stuff for me, right? I just need to help it figure out what to, what to write. And then I need to tweak it, you know, send it out. Um, and I've used it in this way personally that um my effort to be less lengthy in my writing um i have several times used chat gp to say all right take this thing i wrote and reduce it by 40 percent right just clean it up shorten it you know get it shorten up so somebody would actually read this because i know they're not going to read my you know eight hundred thousand word article that i wrote for linkedin yeah so this is an important thing for educators to be aware of. This is a trend. Teaching students to write lengthy, structured papers is probably not a skill that is highly valuable uh, in employability. Um, and again, I ask this question, do educators care? <laughs> right? I, I've had educators tell me that it's not their job to prepare their students, even at the university level, it is not their job to prepare students for employment. That's not what they do. So <laughs> I have a debate whether they should be, right? Um, somebody's paying a large amount of money for a degree. You know, you would think that uh, the student's perspective is probably, I want to be employable when I come out of this degree, but uh, it's not necessarily the school's objective. Um, the school's objective and their measurement, right? Their um, KPIs, if you will, are around, you know, tuition and you know, graduation, not employment for their students necessarily. So anyway, that's a whole nother soapbox I could get on about we measure 
you know, what's important or we make it important by measuring it. So, oh, the one other stat that came out to me, jumped out from the report was that less than 45% of companies say the completion of a university degree is a criterion for assessing job candidates. Okay. So this is also changing. Less than 45% now say they care whether or not you have the degree. What's much more important is your demonstration of these skills and, well, the social skills, communication skills, you know, all these other things that are on that list that are not necessarily a piece of paper that says I have a degree, that I've completed a degree. And this is something, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about and the, you know, online courses and, and Udemy and, and stuff where you can, you know, micro degrees, if you will, or certifications. So the other thing I want to, uh, I'm going to kind of transition here from the World Economic Forum's Future of Jobs report to the other one they put out this year, which is the Education 4.0 Taxonomy. So they're complementary. They, they kind of dovetail very well. But I want to point out that so the Education 4.0 taxonomy, it's presented as a graph, if you will. There's three levels, level one, level two, level three, and then there's um, three high-level categories. So level one categories are abilities and skills, and then attitudes and values, and then knowledge and information. Okay, so three level one categories. Okay, so... Abilities and skills breaks down into cognitive, social, and physical skills and abilities, okay? Attitudes and values breaks into self-regulatory and societal, okay? So kind of internal and external, intra, extra. And then knowledge and information is just simply disciplinary knowledge. So one of the things that struck me right away when I looked at this was of this chart, yeah, there's all of this detail around the ability and skills and the attitudes and values and knowledge and information is like an afterthought at the bottom. It's one line straight across, you know, level one doesn't break down. Uh, level two is a single item called disciplinary knowledge. Level three is a single item called discipline specific. Okay. Knowledge and information, but. A large amount of what we still assess, and, and I'm in Hong Kong, right? Hong Kong is very much exam-based progression in school. Every year you take these large standardized exams and they kind of determine your future. But a large focus of those exams is still knowledge and information. How much have we taught you? How much can you regurgitate on an exam and demonstrate uh, your I'll call them your lower level um, skills. If we think of Bloom's taxonomy, these exams are primarily testing the lower half of Bloom's taxonomy. If you're not familiar with Bloom's taxonomy, Bloom's taxonomy goes back to like the 1950s. I'm still pretty old school in my view of curriculum design and assessments. So Bloom's taxonomy, uh, and there's many, many different forms of it now. It's evolved over the years and different ways to describe it, but the fundamentals, I I think, are still there. So the bottom of the pyramid here is remember, understand, and apply, okay? But the top half 
of Bloom's taxonomy is where it gets really interesting. This is where those skills in the future of jobs report start coming out, right? Analyze, evaluate, create. So one of the conclusions that I come to in looking at the taxonomy now, right, this Education 4.0 taxonomy that the World Education Forum is proposing, and I look at the way um, schools are structured, right, and education programs are structured, and it occurs to me that part of the, the disconnect, and I, I've been kind of alluding to this, maybe not even alluding, <laughs> directly stating it, that I think there's a disconnect between whether schools believe they should be helping their students get to employability or something else. And I'm going to throw out there that I think part of the problem is that the schools view their job uh, simply as preparing you for the next level of education, right? So in primary school, our objective is simply to get you successfully to secondary school. Our goal in secondary is simply to get you to university. That's that's our goal. Everything is geared towards how do you get to university. University, though, this is where, to me, it really starts to get kind of broken. To me, university should be preparing you for life outside of school. And I, I struggle to see that in some of the programs uh, that uh, I've been involved with. Uh, I think there's still kind of a disconnect there. And say, and I've had folks tell me that it's not the university's job to give you the skills you need on a job necessarily. Some of them maybe, but um, they're not so concerned with employability. And again, in many cases, I think a lot of these programs are geared towards getting you from undergraduate to graduate programs. That's success in the mind of the university if they got you to matriculate to a master's or a you know PhD program. So why is that? Right. And is that going to change? Is that part of what we're seeing and why completion rates, right? Graduation rates, I think, are in decline. I think a lot of students uh, enrollments are in decline. I think that this is becoming kind of a crisis for the universities. And so I go back to my kind of first challenge here in this conversation. Are we as educators demonstrating those same six or five core skills that the future of jobs report says are the most critical, right? Are we ourselves using analytical thinking, creative thinking, resilience, flexibility, and agility, right? Motivation and self-awareness, curiosity, and lifelong learning. Are we going at our challenge to keep up with the pace of change with the same vigor and skills and open-mindedness that the world expects our students to have when they get out in the world. Okay. Oh, all right. That was kind of a rant. So again, I want to thank Fred Chan, my buddy for, you know, helping me process this report and go through. We had a lengthy conversation about it and uh, a bunch of really, really good notes from that conversation. Uh, there was more to it. Um, I am going to bring Fred on the show here. I promise say he's a, he's an interesting guy uh, from Canada and Hong Kong brought his kids actually to Hong Kong specifically for education purposes. And I'm, I'm hoping to get him to talk more with us about that and why he, he did that and whether in retrospect it, it worked well because uh, they're out of schools now. 
anyway, I thank you for hearing me out, listening to this rant about the future of jobs and the uh, the importance, I think, of education refocusing on some of these higher level skills uh, and figuring out how to assess them. Because I get the difficulty, right? I actually had a an education startup here and we attempted to measure things like grit and perseverance and curiosity. These are on the list of, of skills employers are looking for. And it's hard. I, I get it. It's hard. It's hard enough for one teacher in one class to do it fairly and consistently with each of their students, let alone across a whole school and multiple teachers and multiple classes, all trying to assess, you know, grit and curiosity in the same way and be fair and equitable, you know, about that kind of quantification, qualification of those skills. So, but just because it's hard, doesn't mean we can stick our head in the sand and say, no, we don't want to play. We're just not going to do that because it's too hard. It's important. We need to be able to do this. And I'll just throw this out there. AI is going to help us in these things. Okay. There are absolutely ways to leverage these tools, not to replace our assessments, but to augment our assessments and have AI look for these signs of curiosity and resilience and agility as you work with your personalized tutor, your chatbot. It, it can challenge you in these ways and and assess whether you're, you're demonstrating some of these skills. So let's use the tools, right? We don't have to do this all on our own. Uh, there are much, much better tools and they're Speed of change. The the tools are getting better and better so fast. It's uh it's mind boggling. So all right, stay with me. Um, there's more to come. I have some really really interesting guests coming up on uh, on future episodes, and you won't have to listen to me rant. I promise. Not for a while again until I get on another soapbox, which I might. Um, we will see. All right. Thanks for listening. I hope you've been enjoying the show. If you have been enjoying this podcast, the Education Innovators Podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends and other folks in the industry. And I really want to hear from folks. So please you know, message me. My email address is in the show notes. So get in touch. I want to get more people on the show. So if you know somebody who'd be a great guest um, or you would be a great guest, please reach out to me. I want to hear your story. Thank you for listening to the Education Innovators Podcast. I'm Eric Byron. And thank you to all the education innovators out there. You are making a difference.